Salutations, and welcome to the Harlots of History podcast, where we scorch the history books and take back the word harlot one episode at a time. This is a show for the curious listener, the raunchy feminist, the sex-positive comic, co-hosted by us, your resident amateur historians who love a side of sexy with their history. Listen as we chat and lecture each other on infamous mistresses, lovers, sex workers, courtesans, madams, vamps, sirens, scam artists, and of course, harlots. And we try not to get too sidetracked with rants about putrid patriarchy. I'm Kara Mia, a mom of three. And I'm Emily, a fur mom of three. So go grab your pork rinds or your kale chips. A glass of wine or a big ol' mug of tea. We're not judging. We will keep you entertained while you wash your dishes, wash your feet, or wash that man right out of your hair. This show also contains alcohol, some very colorful language, and eyebrow raise, sexual content, and is not appropriate for those under 18. Sorry, not sorry to our children and pets. are you <laughs> welcome to harlots of history i think all of our editions are late night editions now so we don't need to qualify quantify qualify them <laughs> what like, oh we don't we don't need to say what they are you yeah. don't need to say that they're late night versions because they're all late night versions now it's true it's true emily has to wait patiently while i bathe feed or feed then bathe and put all my kids to bed well, <laughs> and, and lately, then we talk to each other for like an hour to two hours. Oh my God. Three hours before we get on here. <laughs> we, uh, we unfortunately got all of our sidebars out of the way, but I'm sure we will find some more. <laughs> we will We will never not have sidebars. Oh, that's Karamia. She oh, is a stay-at-home mom who cleans up puke in her spare time, uh, but uh, always has a clean kitchen. Not right now. Don't look. <laughs> I actually just looked at my kitchen from here. <laughs> Well, it's clearer than mine. We, I don't have paper towels or Clorox wipes, so I've just been washing a lot of towels. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. I didn't want to go out on Black Friday. True. True. And that is Emily. Emily is a loving cat mom of three. She devotes well, all her time and attention to her partner, her schoolwork, her amazing cooking abilities. I think you say her and- amazing best friend. <laughs> I mean, no, you do devote a lot of time to me, but, like, you also are a really good cook. Thank and you. Emily also is, like, super innovative when it comes to her drinks. And she also is – she watches a lot of really great TV shows just so that she can recommend them to all of you. <laughs> Keep talking good things about me. Let's see. <laughs> One time, I did, Emily I made- and I danced in a drum circle, and she outdanced me. Oh, that's true. Um Emily likes to free boob it a lot, which inspired me to free boob it. And then we realized that her free boobing and me free boobing are two very different things. Yeah, you have your boobs are like could eat my boobs for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> your boobs are hors d'oeuvres for mine. <laughs> oh, I got it to work. Okay. They are um, hors d'oeuvres. I have to wait. I have to round this up. Oh, and Emily has made me for every single one of my pregnancies jalapeno mac and cheese and it is the stuff of dreams did i yep for, for every single one yeah everyone i know a lot. oh wow i'm a good friend you're a very good friend okay so emily makes the best chicken dumplings chicken um, and dumpling soup chicken dumplings. no i haven't made them this year and no i made it for my mom when she got sick over the summer so my mom is benefiting from me being here. Also, I'll mail them to you. I'll, I'll send a messenger fox. <laughs> the messenger fox might eat them on the way. <laughs> Wait, okay. So before we get started, I have some business. Woo-hoo. So Sorry, I little, feel so official hearing that. <laughs> I, I know. That's why I did too. That's why I said, ooh. So uh, we are launching our Patreon tomorrow. Not tomorrow that we're recording. It's tomorrow. Oh, my heart just dropped. I was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready either. I haven't edited any of our stuff yet. So, well, actually, most of the stuff, I think I'm just not going to edit. But I have to listen to make sure we didn't say anything too raunchy. But they're pretty raunchy. So, we have $2 trollop. So, we're going to be sharing our confessions. Um, We just asked each other ones 
this first one. So, but if you guys send us send us questions, seven dollars trumpet. So we're going to be talking about see the ninety CW shows, not and exclusively, then, but for right now, for right now, and then twelve dollar tart. So that's going to be our last, our like our lost episodes. Definitely, like ones that either didn't fit into our like regular platform or ones where we like got too emotional or they just were like we just like the one entire episode like the whole episode was one big sidebar yeah (laughs) so yeah it's gonna be a lot a lot like different but a lot more fun and we are really excited about it so yeah join us please we would love it like Right we now, it's the just, most hilarious ones at the two dollar one. So, if you want to know everything about us, we got real fucking candid. <laughs> like, I, I'm scared to list go edit that episode. We were very candid. Emily's been my best friend for like eight years, and sh- I shocked her with some of my confessions. <laughs> yeah, I know. The other thing, we have more business. So, this was actually a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to talk about it um sally from seattle i feel like i'm a fraser hi sally from seattle i'm listening sorry emailed us about marie laveau episode and she wanted to inform us about some verbiage that we should be using going forward in the future so sally says and i'm just gonna uh quote because i think she said it really well uh quote the current best practice seems to be moving away from terms like slave and owner and instead moving towards describing people as being enslaved and enslavers this both highlights the humanity of those in bondage and the active role those owners played in the subjugation and dehumanization of their fellow beings, end quote. And we both completely agree and we can completely get behind that. And we want to thank her so much for just, it wasn't her job. It wasn't like her yeah. responsibility to educate us, but she still reached out and she's made two people smarter for it. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, Sally. <laughs> yeah. We will make sure to adopt that verbiage in future episodes. Definitely. So we have another listener recommended episode. We had everything all planned out for like weeks ahead. Like if you listen to our early episodes, we're like, we're recording in June and they air in October, but like we're recording on Friday and this is airing Monday. So you can see. Yeah, we like, you know, COVID like and all this other stuff. It just like we were having a lot of fun with this with podcasting. But, you know, like I, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this, but we aren't doing this for anyone but us and our listeners. We are not getting paid from this yet. Like we are not really like everything that we are doing, we are doing ourselves. And Emily does all of our editing. So you know, hooray for Emily, but it's like, it's, it's a ton of work. Yeah. And so well, like, and time, you've been, you've like learned how to do Canva and all of our like cool designs and stuff. You like taught yourself all that. But it's just, it was, it was starting to get like, um, when we started feeling like it was starting to become like more of like a chore rather than fun. That's when we kind of had to scrap. I had to scrap the episodes I was doing and just focus on something fun for a while. She gets real deep on her research. Like, she'll be like, I spent 50 hours researching this episode. And I was like, I spent three. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I like, I like went to some very like lighthearted material, but I'm already hardcore researching for my next one. And I'm so excited. But yeah. And we're, we just like decided we really want to have like a lot of fun with it and stuff. So like, I just like love the recommendations we've been getting because they've just been super uh, fun. And it comes from places that we wouldn't expect to look. And so please, 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 we love all sorts of representation on this show. Send yeah. us your recommendations. We love it. We love it. Yeah. We have, I have like three more in the books too. I am so excited about this. Um, so this recommendation fr- comes from Laurel. So thank you, Laurel, so much for recommending this parallel. <laughs> what is this? I always try to combine words without success right now. Harlot. It just sounded like parrot. Harlot. It sounds parlor. (laughs) Um, So, Ching Shi was a Chinese sex worker turned pirate who ravaged, get it, the South China Sea at the beginning of the 19th century. Ooh. Oh, God, I'm so excited. But Was she cute? Could she ravage me? Oh, my me? God. She was gorgeous. Like, I want Ooh. you to go look her up. I was I was like, I wanted to send you pictures. I just, how, do I I spell, should, how do I spell her name? C-H-I-N-G-S-H-I-H. She looks a little scary when she's older, but. Ooh. 
Isn't she gorgeous? Even when she's older, she looks so cool. She looks cool, but she looks a little scary. But and think of it, she was like a pirate. Also, I think I might talk about this later, but um, Pirates of the Caribbean actually had a character that was created that was based on her. Really? Yeah, her name. I think her name was Madam Madam Shing. Cool. Really I know. cool. I know. Okay, so before we talk about her, we have to do a little background. Please. So I need to tell you about flower boats. Have you ever heard of those? We're no, I haven't. Hair. <laughs> both but, yeah. hair. <laughs> I, but I, I twirl my hair when I'm concentrating. I know, and you got me into it. So before Ching Shi became a pirate, she worked as either a madam or a sex worker on these flower boats, which were floating brothels. And Aww. I got really excited researching this because it's it's really interesting. Also, I've actually been to the place where these boats were in China. These were in, in Canton on the Pearl River Delta, which I've been to. So I felt really cool. Yeah. So, And I was supposed to do a tour, but it was too smoggy there, so we couldn't do the tour. But anyway, so flower boats were floating brothels that had been part... They've been part of China's history for a while, like since as far back as the Tang Dynasty. But with international trade coming through East Asian ports, the floating brothels became a huge source of capital, and they just kind of went along with all the trade boats and trade boat ships. So... There were several different kinds of floating brothels. There were the flower boats, and they were distinguished because they were in Canton. So that is in uh, Guangzhou, in the Guangdong province of China. And it's right on the Pearl River Delta, which is a huge river. And it kind of like forks, but it just connects to a lot of things. And I think it eventually runs out to the South China Sea. So it was a big trade port. So what I gathered um, as we come across with a lot of the people we research is that sources are very differing. So what I gathered was that what did one say that she had blonde hair and the other one said she had jet black. <laughs> I know. She well, was sure we come across yes, that though. I know. I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's our, you know, so there were two different types. Um, I believe that she was on the type uh, was on the Canton ones. Cause everything I read was that she was working in Canton. But when I've heard other things, they say details that may say that she wasn't. But from what I researched, I'm just going to assume, I'm going to take a leap and assume that she was on the Canton flower boats or flower. Yeah. Um, Is that flower like the flowers that like that are beautiful and grow or like, I don't think it's like deflower. They no, all no, 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 no. But I was yeah. just saying, like, are they, like, called, like, is it flower, like, that you cook with or flowers that you see, like, out in the field? Oh, flower, yes. Flower, like, F-L-O-W-E-R. Okay, okay. They were also called loblob boats, like, L-O-B-L-O-B. And so some people think that that was, like, pigeon English for love, love. So, yeah, I'm going to assume that she was on the boats in Canton because that's where she was born, and they say that's where she worked. So these boats were much more exclusive, and again, that kind of checks out with what I've learned. So I'm doing my best. <laughs> so the Canton flower boats were more than just a place for a quickie on a boat. They were also a source of entertainment, opium, orchestra music, fine cuisine, dancing, and all-around debauchery. I really want to go. I know. Well, they don't exist anymore. I mean, the boats do, but I don't think... I, Come maybe. on, someone, recreate one so that, like, Americans will pay a overpay to go visit <laughs> but also they were like kind of bad news oh okay. um, as yeah. most fun things are yeah yeah in an article like just think of your research for wild west that's like yeah in an article for ResearchGate, paul a van dyke compares and contrasts the floating brothels in canton china and wampoa singapore so three big differences existed between wampoa and canton wampoa is that a city uh, it's in, yes, in Singapore. Okay, okay. So Canton um, in Guangzhou, China, and Wampoa in Singapore. So, okay. and Canton is where I'm assuming that Ching Shi worked. So the Canton boats only catered to the Chinese, and Wampoa brothels were available to everyone. They really didn't discriminate. The Canton boats catered to the wealthy elite, and again, Wampoa was much, much less exclusive they would literally serve ever, anyone. Canton sex workers had their feet bound and Wampoa sex workers did not. And that's where I got confused because in the podcast, History Chicks, they specifically mentioned that Ching Shi did not have her feet bound. 
but everything I read said that she did work on these boats. So she, I don't know. She might have been an exception to not have her feet bound, but still worked on these flower boats. But also, again, sources are varying. So the Wampoa brothels were pretty crucial to the development of the flower boats in Canton because since Wampoa did not have any specific specifications about who could go to the brothels, that created a market for a more exclusive tier of floating brothels. Right? So you have like the basic ones where everyone can get to, and then that creates a market to have exclusive ones that only... And then you had the fetish ones. Like, if you liked feet, you go to that one. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm sure, yeah. So one aspect that I thought was... It would surprise me. It was also kind of funny. Were the presence of barbers. So barbers are pretty much a jack of all trades. They lived on most ships. They gave haircuts, cleaned out your ears, provided the town gossip, and they were the go-to if you got a venereal disease. Like, <laughs> I thought it was funny. They just did so much. So, basically, they... Remember they just- remember that one thing that we were... What was it that they went... We read. Remember? It was the barber, but he was also the surgeon. Was it uh, and the demon barber of Fleet? Fleet? No, 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 no. There was, like, it was in a lot of older towns, barbers were also surgeons. Who was it? The one that... I just yeah. uh who was oh my gosh okay why is that blank? Was it Julie? Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yes, sorry, yes. pardon me. But yes, when she ran her sword through her Your lover. lover, she he went to the barber slash surgeon. Right before he ran his sword through her. Uh. <laughs> okay, so here's a quote by like a, a foreigner, and it's really stupid, but I just, you know, again shows stupidity. So Quote, subject to the several stages of the venereal distemper, which, either from the frequency of their prostitution, the grossness of their food, their ignorance of medicine, or a combination with other diseases, usually arrives, I know, usually arrives at the most exasperated degrees and puts a period to their unhappy lives. I have known several instances, even in the soundest constitutions, wherein an infection caught from these women has been infinitely more rapid in its progress and fatal its effects in Europe. As to the leprosy, it is not so certain it can be communicated by mere contact. Yet it is a risk, risk, it was Q-E-U-E, to be avoided. Another consideration ought to deter Europeans from intercourse with these prostitutes, which is that a proneness to venery is a concomitant. Wow, a lot of big words. So that is from that article by Paul A. Van Dyke. And I just included that because it made me mad, but also it just, I really, again, shows white supremacy and patriarchy and, you know, orientalism. Yeah. And just so many things are wrong with it, but I think it also, like, puts into context about how different the culture was and how Europeans weren't able to accept it. Um, Or maybe he was just jealous that he couldn't go on board because foreigners were not allowed. But, Probably, I mean, men have always loved to be excluded from things, especially <laughs> white men. <laughs> oh, they love it, yeah. As we talked about in the Wild West, so, you know, a lot of these women were, of course, not doing by these, a lot of these girls were not doing this by choice. And I say girls because the majority of them were between 13 and 15 years old. Yes, they were sold to boat owners by their parents. They did not make a livable wage, but they were able to have food, a place to sleep, and... A luxurious place to live. And I say that with, you know, large grains of salts because, you know, these boats were very luxurious for their patrons, but not for the girls who were on them. Of course. Yeah. So, but, you know, it was more than their parents could afford to provide for them. But if they became sick or got a venereal disease or for any reason couldn't work on the boats anymore, then they weren't making enough money to support themselves and they would have to basically wander the streets as beggars. There was also an option for them to be sold to wealthy patrons and become concubines. And yeah, I'm not by any means saying that their parents selling them was a good option because let's call it what this was. It was slavery. But also like, also you don't know, like it could have been the only option for their parents. That's what I was saying is that I think they, you know. Yeah, definitely. we'll, We'll talk a little bit about like how much money these boats were making. And that's what they were saying in the article that this might have, 
you know, the parents were seeing how much money these boats were bringing in and assuming their daughters were going to get that. They might have been like, you know, benefiting from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they they had a bed to sleep in and they were there was a lot more options than a lot of people had. So there are some firsthand accounts of the girls eating only watermelon seeds. I don't think that was all the time, but it was for two reasons so that they could stay really thin. And then also so that more money could be spent on food and luxurious for the patrons. You know, that was a really big thing, of course. So also remember that uh, the girls that were working in Canton had their feet bound. So they're having to work these long nights entertaining with bound feet. Many of them were trained from birth to memorize songs and poems. And so they were, you know, they were doing more, as we've talked about, doing more than just sex work. And a lot of them, like, it wasn't all the time just sex work. It was an absolute craft and an art, what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Performance. Um, Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And sex, like sex, wasn't always built into it. It was just a l- entertainment, and that was like kind of an extra thing added on. But it was definitely an extra. I'm assuming a lot of people, you know, went for. So just to give you some context about how much fucking money the owner of these brothels made. Okay, so here's some numbers. So get on your thinking cap. Mm-hmm. So the cost of if you were to go there and just get dinner and drinks for one person. In Canton, it was about eight to ten dollars per person, and that didn't include opium, sex, gambling, etc. That was just dinner and drinks. The average laborer made twenty-four to forty-eight dollars a year. What? So, a working-class citizen going to these boats would be spending three to four months' income just on dinner and drinks. Yeah, and that holy and crap! That, if they wanted to smoke some opium while rocking the boat. That could be up to like six months salary. I know the boat owners, this will blow your mind. So remember 24 to $48 per year. And cause fuck capitalism, the boat owners made 1700 to 3,400 a year. And that was just an estimate in this article of basically being like, this is how much they would profit a whole lot more. Yeah. Which is 70 times as much as a laborer would make. I did the math. Oh my God. <laughs> Again, the girls were not being paid a livable wage. So the boat owners were literally making hand over fist. And that's how they were able to afford luxuries like orchestras and fine dining. And some of the boats were so old that they would have sunk if they were moved. They found these letters that 11 of the brothels, they'd all signed together because they were right outside this factory. And I think it was like the European people that moved next door were like, oh, they're so loud, they have to move. And they send this letter like, look, 3,000 men, women, and children depend on their livings from these boats. And if we move them, they might sink. And there was like never any response, but the the boats were still parked there after that. But So they don't know. They're assuming that they just kind of worked it out. But that kind of shows you like... So I just am like trying to get an idea of like what these ships, like is, is it a ship? Yeah, are they actually, huge or are they like medium size? Like, okay, so can I look it up? Do I have time to look that up really yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. So they're not as big as I expected. Yeah, so they're small. So like the small ones would have like five to ten like patrons, and then the biggest ones would be like ten to fifteen. Uh there there is some larger ones. Mm-hmm. I can see how like that would be appealing to people. Yeah, and they would have like like when you're on a boat, you're like, you know, you're just distant enough from the real world. You know what I mean? Well, and they could. So some of the ones that like weren't falling apart could be hired for several nights and they could anchor like in front of people's houses, like if they lived on the dock or they could take them for moonlight cruises and moonlight cruises are still something they do in Canton. I don't think I don't actually know. I don't think the fireboat still exists. In the article I read it. No, it could just be like a it could just be like the recreation type of. Yeah. Well, they yeah. still do those moonlight cruises because they're really pretty. Um, but I mean, because this one, I believe it ended in 1930 when these flower boats ended. It was like 1750 to 1930. And when celebrities came on or like more elite people, they could order whatever cuisine they wanted. There'd be kitchen boats that would like pull up right next to them. And then the servants would kind of like sneak in the back corners and like bring them their food. But it's like they could order whatever they want. And then these boats, it's so like, I thought that was kind of cool. So it's um, almost like, it was almost like these, all these boats were just like kind of hoping that they would order what they had on their boat. Maybe. Or I would assume that people like they had like maybe restaurants and they could load them on the boat. 
is oh, what I, I mean. So fascinating. I'm that. sorry for spending too much time on flower boats, but this is just fascinating. I spent too much on flower boats. So <laughs> sorry. I don't hope I don't offend anyone by talking for 36 minutes about something that wasn't our harlot, but <clears throat> Emily's referring to a negative comment that we got because apparently we talked too long about Orientalism. So yeah, yeah, but we should have because it was very important. So we're going to talk about flower boats because they're also really important and really interesting and something I knew nothing about. Um, also, I was really regretting that I didn't take a like a midnight stroll when we were in Canton, but like we were so exhausted because mm-hmm. we were doing the, like the trade fair when we were there. We were there for you know it's like really long days and. The air, the the air quality was really bad too. So I think we just kind of like stayed inside. The rule in Canton that foreigners could not board was very, very strict. There is a story of a guy who just like had to get on board, so his boat like pulled up, and he he's like barged his way in. No pun, barge, <laughs> and <laughs> he was never seen or heard from again. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like once he got in, and there, yeah, there was another one of a guy like trying to get into like eight to ten guys. Men like came out. We're gonna throw him overboard, but they got him back. And then those that didn't mysteriously vanish were punished severely and fined thousands of dollars. Which like thousands of dollars if the average working class person is making forty, and that's that's like yeah. twenty years of work. Yeah, well, twenty years of work for a laborer in Canton. That's not necessarily these foreigners were like Europeans. That yeah. It was probably not that much for them, but still a thousand is, was still a lot. Like I don't want to be charged a thousand dollars, several thousand dollars today for anything. Right. No. Like, <laughs> okay. So that's fly boats. I could keep talking about them forever. It's really interesting, but yeah, I want to talk about uh, Ching Shi because she's also really fucking cool. So again, just a reminder, sources are varied. I'm doing my best. Um, I kind of like piece together some things. You know when you like look at a source and you're like, they have, you can't find any information in this one random source that's way too much information. And you're like, okay, they just kind of editorialized a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I tried not to do those. Okay. So Ching Shi was born in 1775 in Guangdong province. And that's it. That's all we know for early life. Um, Fascinating. I know. She did work on the floating brothels. Again, it is unclear if she was working for one of the Canton flyboats or not. I'm assuming she was. So that's what we're going to say. Nobody even really knows her birth name. There's varying sources. But Ching Shi was her married name. So some sources say she was born. I'm going to try to say this. I'm so sorry. Chil Jiangju. So that was one of the sources. Or she's also nicknamed he, Shi Hyung Ku. So when she was 26, in 1801, she married Zheng Yi, a.k.a. Cheng Wan, was what Wikipedia called him. <laughs> but uh, all other sources say Zheng Yi. Uh, so that's what I'm going to call him. So her name kind of came from his name. So that's where I think the Xing came from. So he was a famous pirate from a family of pirates. So his like dad was a pirate and his like grandpa I'm just was a pirate. so hard. Like the, I can just imagine them all sitting around the dinner table and the dad's like, so you're going to follow in the family business then? <laughs> dad, I don't want to be a pirate. I want to be a doctor. <laughs> you're so disappointing. <laughs> so, uh, Cheng, uh, so she became known as uh, Sheng Sao, which means wife of Sheng. Stories vary on how they met. Either he was a pirate who captured her when he came aboard the floating brothel, fell in love with her. In History Chicks at the podcast, they tell a story about how when he first met her, he like had her on hands untied after capturing her, and she jumped up and tried to gouge his eyes out with her fingernails. So that's one way to meet your future husband. <laughs> <laughs> it was also said that Xing uh, Shi was very business savvy and she used her position on the floating brothels to gain secrets from like pillow talk with generals and stuff. Ooh. So she had a lo- yeah. So she had a lot of useful information and Xing Yi must may, may have seen this as a business proposition. I could have wet my whistle. <laughs> so however they became to be married, Ching Shi knew her work, her worth and she was able to negotiate 50% of his share. Remember, this is in, like, 1801. Wow. Yeah. So they became equal partners. That's so and cool. I know. 
and she really took control of the business side of their endeavors. So when they were married, this part's a little foggy. They uh, Okay, so they adopted a man named Shung Pao as a stepson. I was a little confused about this until I learned a little bit more. So it's actually pretty common to adopt adult males to be heir because I, I think he was... I think he was like a year younger than her. He was like 25 and she was 26. <laughs> I just realized that. Oh, so, the- is it Zheng had kidnapped him as um, a 15-year-old boy, but he quickly rose through the ranks and he actually became the sole heir when adopted. It's also rumored that the two men were lovers. And again, Zheng, the son, had been captured. So I don't know if this was a consensual relationship I'd like to think it was, but he was, you know, because he became his heir, but he was also taken as a slave when he was captured. Uh, sorry, an enslaved person. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the practice of adopting adult males as stepsons, like that, I guess it was really common back then. Yeah. To make sure that there was no fighting over inheritance or Basically. property or yeah, yeah, position. Yeah, yeah, if you like didn't have someone, yeah. Random tidbit, uh, Chung's lieutenant, actually I think it was just lieutenant, but I like the term lieutenant, <laughs> was Kai Kian, who had a lot of ends with weapons dealers because his wife, Lu Shi, was an expert in Western weaponry and fluent in English, which I thought was really cool. Oh, I'm fluent in English already. Check! I want to be a master of Western weaponry. <laughs> I just think that's really cool. And they were like, oh, that's pirate so ship. cool. I'm so she was like, like a do you ever yeah. like, hear these stories about these women and just like, have I realized my full potential? <laughs> I know. What am I a master in? Drinking wine and eating popcorn. You so. are so good at that, Em. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I'm really good at it. I'm really good at adding new flavors to popcorn. She is. I think I came up with the best one tonight, but I added way too much. So in addition to adopting Shung, Ching Shi also had two sons. Can you imagine raising two boys on a pirate ship? <laughs> I'm just like trying to think of my kids on a pirate ship right now. And I'm like, I was thinking of two. Um, I'd probably only have like two out of three after like one month because one of them would definitely would have fallen overboard. <laughs> it, I know who, which one it would have been. <laughs> he would have jumped. Oh, no, it would have been Edie. No. Alfred. You don't Alfred, think it would have been Alfred? No, Alfred listens now. Yeah, I don't know how I, well he would like listen if he got like into like a tankard of ale and like a sword, <laughs> but like <laughs> would have so much fun. I'm just thinking of Alfred. That was who I was thinking of. I was like, he would like thrive on a pirate ship. So Ching Shi and her husband, but mostly it was her, synergized <laughs> like crazy, and they had command over seventy thousand men. How? And 400 junk ships. I know, you're just thinking back to being a manager, like, what? Um, I, like, couldn't even, like, command 30. Seven. <laughs> I had a hard time commanding, oh, being, at like, yeah, commanding seven bartenders or seven male egos. <sighs> that's enough for me. And now it's 70,000, but that's, like, really cool. So, like, they just... It's really cool. So, they just made partnerships with each and every one of these, probably on their, like... it's. It, I'm not imagining that they had to go to 400 leaders, but they had to go to a lot of them. Yeah, so they the junk ships, by the way, they're the Chinese ships you see with, like, the sail battens that go across the width of the ship. So, you know, they're, like, as long, mm-hmm. and then they kind of curve inwards. And so there was... a big pirate convention that I believe Zheng Yi organized. Like, so he organized kind of all of them to synergize together <laughs> at the beginning of the 19th century. And that was actually mirrored and Pirates of the Caribbean when they had that, like, I don't know, I think it was in one of the later ones. And that's where Mr. Ching was one of the pirate lords. This is all so cool. I know. Where all the Cantonese pirates basically formed a faction and so there were six fleets, and they're each known by a different color. Like all the flags they would fly, they have like blue, green, red, white. And so their fleet was known as the Red Flag Fleet. And when I was researching this, there was like all these articles about how Maggie Q was supposed to play her in 2014 in the movie called, or like a limited series called Red Flag. And I was like, what? And I, I never saw anything about it coming out. But I was like, that would be interesting. Yeah. I would like, love to see a movie about this. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I know. 
We don't um, need any more Johnny Depp pirate movies. We need other pirate movies. I know. So played by females. Exactly. So in 1807, Zheng Yi died suddenly in Vietnam. The circumstances surrounding his death are kind That's of mysterious. I, I, was just, I was just about to be like, <laughs> like yeah, having my fingers together because so, I'm sure that's what. That's how he died. Uh, poison? No, it's like he. Remember, he's a family. He comes from a long line of pirates. What's like the most embarrassing way you could die if you came from a long line of pirates? You fell overboard. Yes. <laughs> like he just fell overboard. Well. He fell overboard. I don't know if he just fell overboard. But yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like, he came from, like, he's been a pirate since he was, like, two. Not I don't a, think it's like, it's fall like, overboard. I've been on a boat for, like, my whole life. I was born on a boat. Yeah. He, but so. I lived um, on a boat, but I will not die on this boat. <laughs> <laughs> so if he's falling overboard, something fishy <laughs> is going on. <laughs> okay. Um, so some say it was a typhoon. Which would make sense, but like I don't know if anyone only, else like only, the their, only their boat experienced the typhoon. It passed him. by everyone no else. <laughs> just him. Um, and some say it was his wife or the adult son they adopted. <laughs> I just think of like like an, an, an adult worst? wearing a like wearing a baby diaper, like <laughs> what's, what's the orphan movie? Where they adopt the orphan that's like really murdery and then the kid's actually like fifty years old. So I think it's called, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I don't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen it, but I know the ending. Sorry, spoiler alert. But that's what I think of. Like, she's actually, okay, God, this freaked me out. All right. So, after his death, uh, Ching took Chung, her adopted son, as a lover. Ah. I know. Yeah, I, I thought that, too. It actually really wasn't that weird, like, because of the whole, like, adopting men as your son. So, she, like, had the... She had that, like, relationship dissolved. And you think about, like, he was also his, like, adopted father's lover, too. I don't know. He was he was a mother lover and a father lover. Okay, Oedipus. Oh, wait, Oedipus <laughs> killed his father. Um, uh-huh. He was Oedipus and Electra at the same time. <gasps> oh, yeah. He was, was like, uh-huh. <laughs> you, guys, he, there, you guys should not have let him read that book before Pitt. <laughs> You guys should have read like Goodnight Moon. He was like, he was like, Oedipus was the one play he got in Cantonese, like translated into Cantonese. And they're like, oh, so yeah, it wasn't actually that weird. Eventually they got married, even though it was against the law for a widowed woman to marry someone else. Really? But I guess they're like, yeah. That makes they were me like, so upset. I know. I know. Remember when I was doing research about the, history of women in China, like especially like in the feudal parts, feudal China, it was like seen as amazing when a woman stayed widow. It was like this, like her sign of suffering and staying noble to her man, even after his death was like the highest peak that you could possibly reach. Maybe that's like more what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that light, like that was just what I saw from Wikipedia that was against the law, but it could have, it's probably more your thing. That it's was frowned like, on, but it could yeah. be against the law. You know, like I mean, it could have been the in that area. The different provinces in China all acted very differently. Yeah, and I know that, like in a lot of places too, that was like once you were widowed, you were like done. So after her husband's death, Ching Shi took control of the fleet, and that is actually when she became known as Ching Shi rather than Ching Sao, because Ching Shi just means like Ching's widow. Whereas, if you remember, Ching Sao means Ching's wife. Yeah. So within two years, she was commanding 800 large junks, 1,000 small junks, and between seventy to 80,000 men and women by herself. So she and, like doubled the amount of ships. So doubled ships, yeah. I mean, I, but it was like around the, like 70 to 80,000 men. But yeah, I think they had like, they got more ships because they were also like pillaging. Yeah. And there was no superstition about women being bad luck for the ship. So, you know, like, so you know, like, that pirates of the Caribbean. Speaking of, okay, <laughs> sorry, this is a really bad joke. To give you some reference, Blackbeard of Blackbeard, Turner, and Sparrow, LLC. <laughs> it's not funny. It's from Wait, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Blackbeard. Wa- you never watched Pirates of the Caribbean? I did, but I've only watched the first three. 
Okay, well, it was a joke. Like Black, you know Blackbeard? Blackbeard, Will Turner, and Jack Sparrow. Yes, there you go. I made a joke. Yeah, I got like it. Like a law firm, like a pirate law firm. Oh, okay. Now it's like yeah. LLC. Like what kind of LLC? <laughs> yeah. No, I was like Blackbird, Turner, and Sparrow. Like they're a law firm. Okay. Um, the monkeys, so, uh, they're paralegal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, guess how many pirates Blackbeard commanded? Just guess. Like maybe 2,000? 300. And four he, ships. That, he's that infamous? Yeah. Dude, so he wouldn't have lasted like one day, I'm sure. Like he probably went to um, Ching Shi. And is that how you say her name? I think so, yeah. Ching Shi. And he was like, Wait, take me as your lover. She's like, How many ships do you have? He's like, Just the one. She's like, I don't associate with anyone that has less than 8,000 junks. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, it just proves that beards make history, but women remain a mystery. Oh, I love that. I was like, can we make that into shirts? I feel like we need to like tweak it along a bit, with but. spills cause or frills cause spills. We need to, but we need to make that on a, a wine glass. Totally, frills cause spills. So, and apparently there was like one only really one other woman commander known at that time, or at least like one well known one. Mm-hmm. So, like she was very business savvy. Definitely, that's so cool. Yeah, she synergized. She could give Martha a run for her money. <laughs> She she would have given Martha a run for her money. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Martha uh, be like, um, can I please just please put some potted hydrangeas in the front of the ship? <laughs> uh, she's like, oh, you guys don't grow your own wheat? <laughs> you don't have your own sustainable garden? Right. At this point, Ching Shi basically had control over the South China Sea. And in addition oh, wow. to, quote-unquote, seducing... Her adopted son, but I also don't like the word seducing because it's like it it makes it seem like the woman's just a succubus and the man is like innocent and it's like I mean come on. Okay, like a blundering idiot. <laughs> yeah, come on. I don't think yeah, I don't think she was like yeah. I just look like seducing like okay, she's real smart and she knows what she's doing and she knows the power that she truly does have. I just think of it as a negative word because whenever they say I've it, always, it's like, I've always, I've always like, I'm like, dude, this woman knew what she was doing. She knew how smart she was. She knew, like, you know, it, like something cooler, like succubusing. I mean, sure, I but that would scare a lot of people. Like, what are you doing? I'm succubusing you. <laughs> well, that's how you. That's how you weed them out. <laughs> If someone doesn't think that's funny. Can't get with my succubusing? Well, you can't be with me. <laughs> yeah, you have to weed them out and make sure they don't make any dirty comments about it. So she also made a ton of alliances with her late husband's family. And she was actually really trusted because she shared power with her lieutenants. Hmm. So they kind of became a, t- a team. Um, her lover son is what I <laughs> called him. So they came up with a parlay. I'm thinking of like Pauline. Yeah, Pauline. It's I just think of uh, what's her face, uh, Elizabeth. No, yeah, but, but what's the actress? Not Karen Knightley. Ugh, I I request a Pauline. I then love Karen like, Knightley. I've always like, loved her. You see her? She's like got a new fake tan and and like bleach. Her hair is blonder. It's like, did they have a hairstylist on the boat? Like, because every time I've been out in the sun, I did not look like. She, like, she you're real, not Kira Knightley, that's why. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. I love um, Kira Knightley. I'm so sorry. No, I'm, I'm sure if you were in those exact conditions, the salt water just might do that to your hair. You do not know. It would. I actually used to have a salt water spray. My hair then, did look like and that. And then you would be going on like, you would have like pirate ship cardio. So you'd be like super ripped. it's like do a workout like pirate ship cardio okay um you're just like dumping buckets of like poop i don't know (laughs) you're like carrying the jib i don't know jib (laughs) running back and forth scrubbing the poop deck i don't know (laughs) we know poop deck that's about it so they came her and her lover son came up with a code of like a parlay or a code of ethics that was super strict, but it helped keep everything operating smoothly. So I believe that they were like the ones that not came up with all pirate code, but they came up with this code that people had to follow. So under this law, anyone giving orders that 
were not passed down directly from Ching Shi was immediately beheaded. So if she was like, scrub the poop deck, and they're like, no, <laughs> they'd be beheaded. Wait, that's disobeying. I know. I couldn't think of anything that wasn't. No, so, like they the were deck. like, we're going to go attack that island. No, we're going to attack that island. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we're getting real specific. So um, any of the booty that was taken had to be turned in for inspection, registered, and then 20% went to the person who found it, and the rest went into a public fund. That's there was, really cool. I know. There's still the incentive to be the one that found it. Right. But then it's 20%. like a tip pool. Well. Finders no, fee and then tip pool. Yeah. It wasn't a tip pool. It was like for their like food and supplies and like yeah yeah but that's um, what people who get tips use it for too <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like you know vodka red bull shots after true. a long day of work true so yeah uh there was no stealing from the public fund or any of the villagers that supplied it uh so many like many of the villagers would be under the protection of the pirates, you know, they have like the protection fee. Like we won't kill you if you pay us this money. Extortion. Yes. There you go. Any cash that was taken was turned into the squadron leader and the finder got a small fee. And then the rest went to buy supplies for like the ships. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Cause like when you think of pirates, you think of like a lawless, hairy, right. Like, it's like, it's like, drunk. You just think of, like, two feudal lords constantly trying to fight with each other. There's no sort of governing. There's no sort of everyone's out for their own self-interest. Well, anytime I've ever seen, like, pirates represented, it's, like, it's just, like, people in the Caribbean. And I'm sure, like, that. I'm sure that existed. I mean, that did exist at the time. You know, it's, like, people with, like, just, like, drunk on rum. I just think of Pirates of the Caribbean. But there's also this whole other side of it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, actually, like, pirates are still... Like, pirates still exist today, too. It's, like, very interesting, but, like, a lot of bad shit was happening, too. So. It's so funny, too. We always, like, romanticize pirates, but then when we get, like, super terrified when we think of today's pirates, but then, like, the that's, that's ex- exactly. Like, yeah. like, maybe we shouldn't be romanticizing no, them. We're only romanticizing them because they're, like, in the past. But, yeah, so it's, like, this shit is, like, it's so far out of our realm of here, you know? It's, but, yeah, no, they they were, like, they were bad. They were they were bad news bears. Mm-hmm. So she also had pretty strict rules about female captives. The, the really beautiful captives could become concubines or wives, and like if they were quote unquote ugly, they were like released. I guess you just if like, I got captured, I would just like make a horribly ugly face the entire time I was on. Yeah, the, like, I was captured. Yeah. Like I'm just so ugly. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> So they would, so that I would be released. <laughs> so yeah, and if the pirates took wives, they had to be faithful to them. So any pirates that raped the captives were killed, and if there was quote unquote consensual sex, and I say quote unquote because I'm like, how like you're a captive? How much could it probably yeah, be? Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, but this is like if there was quote unquote consensual sex. The pirate was beheaded, and the woman was thrown over the boat with cannonballs attached to her legs, which I just feel like is really dramatic. So dramatic. I know. But yeah, and I just, I also think, too, like, how can you define consensual sex in that situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1808, the Chinese government tried to take her out, but she ended up commandeering their ships. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had to use fishing boats. <laughs> I'm just imagining they're like punting down, like you know the the sea. Like, oh my! And they're gosh. That I is know. so funny. They're in like a rowboat. I just like I'm thinking like a real like black and white slapstick like little show of like her just being like you know outsmarting oh, them. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. I know. I'm glad you liked it. I told Matt that and he was like uh, <laughs> he he gave a guffaw. <laughs> not not I'll give him a guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really offended he did not find this one. I know, I don't know. I, he was like concentrating on his mashed potatoes or something. I don't know. So in eighteen ten, after many battles with the Portuguese Navy, Ching Shi accepted an amnesty offer. Basically, anyone who surrendered had to stop being a pirate, but they could keep all their loot. So it's like, cool. 
I feel yeah. like a lot of people are like, ah, oh, time. This is my way to retire. Yeah, I'm 22. It's about time. So her lover ended up being a bureaucrat, and they were married. So she was like officially the wife of a government official, and they had a son and a daughter together. And he died in. I'm the sorry, I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, she probably fit in so well. I know. Sorry. Okay, but you're saying she she died. No, he died. He died. In the 1820s. So then she moved her family to Macau, where she opened a gambling house and got involved in the salt trade, which I also thought was cool. And she also at one point was the advisor to a, the, a, like a Chinese head of state during the first opium war. And I really want to look into the opium wars because they were mentioned Remember? a couple times. Yep, yep. I, 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 you know, I did, yeah. I did They're a lot. Of, so, yeah, because it was pretty much... It's all England's fault. Would you have anything you want to say about them? Or is it like a whole nother topic? It is a whole nother topic. It's pretty much like, it's pretty much was started, I believe, when uh, England really wanted to stop the importing of opium from China. And, and they, so they, like, no. they pretty much, yeah. And like China was like, this is how we make our money. This is how we make this. This is how I make that. And then I think it just got to be like, you know, like, Import bans, taxes. All I, I'm, I'm trying to remember everything, but yeah, it's England's fault. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds right. to do something with the king and queen or queen or whatever at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, imperialism, like Orientalism. Yep. Yeah. So uh, she died in 1844 at age 69 in her bed, surrounded by all of her family. So that's pretty much like I feel like the best. You know, I feel like, like she's not before. dead. She's still not dead. <laughs> she's not dead. She, I feel like our ghost could be haunting like the South China Sea, though. She was also so incredibly adaptive. Oh, True I know. Entrepreneur. She was. And the fact that she was able to procure, she was really good at synergy, but like she was able to procure this like amnesty for everyone is crazy. Because there were 70,000 like, pirates. Like, she was like, I'm going to have chaos until it doesn't serve me anymore. And then I will have peace. As, as soon as it's convenient for me, then we well, will have peace. She kind of was at the end because, like, the, the Portuguese Navy was kind of, like, closing in on them. And I think they, Oh, I and don't the think Portuguese had the man of war ships. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they... They had, like, defeated them several times in these battles. And she was kind of like, all right, well... You guys can have your boats back, like, you know, to the government. And so. Oh, shucks. You know, here you go. Back. <laughs> I just, I honestly just feel like, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, just the, the fact that she was able to, like, procure that amnesty for them is amazing. So I want to be, like, super shallow. And I just want to know more about what she wore. I, I just know. imagine, like, the things that she, like, the get-ups that she engineered. Because like, you can't, you can't wear just, you can't wear a skirt and a dress. Like, you oh, have I to wear, like, a hybrid with, like, pants. But then also has to be, like, waterproof and windproof. And I think I'm just imagining her wearing, like, that white, you know, like, the white linen shirts with the big hoop earrings. Like, you're just, like, the, yeah, just. Oh, so for me, yeah, I'm, like, I'm imagining some cool, like, leather getup. Like, very trim, but, like, also, like, you know, she's got, like, you know how they always had, like, the cutouts under their sleeves so they could, like, reach up and do all this stuff. And then I'm imagining, like, some really cool, like, skirt dressing but with huge slits up the side. And she's wearing, like, leather leggings so she can move easy. Do you want to be a pirate? Um, just in dress. <laughs> okay, so real quick, before we talk more about pirate dresses, my sources were floating brothels and Canton flowerbed. Boats from 17 or 1750 to 1930 by Paul A. Van Dyke, Wikipedia, Atlas Obscura, and History Chicks. Also, History Chicks, we've been using so much of your stuff lately. Like, you are amazing for blazing that trail. Thank you. Amazing for blazing. Yeah. I I think, like, for me, it really helps when I'm like, I have no, like, for me, it helps when there's so many sources that are different. Right. So I kind of go off them to find, like, I don't usually take notes from them. I just go off them to find. To, like, kind of get your background. Yeah, to be like, okay, like, you know, this is what you guys said. And then I look at it and be like, oh, I did find, like, I looked more and I was like, oh, I did find sources on this and stuff. Because, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good background. And it's, like, good because I can listen to, to them while I'm, like, you know, doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was really interesting. 
Yeah, I really like that. Well, great job. That was like fascinating. Like that was definitely to me your best one yet. That was like subject matter I knew nothing about. And I was like so interested in it. And it was like really fascinating. So thank you so much, Laurel, for recommending that. I was so excited when I got that email. And yeah, thanks everyone who's been sending us stuff. Please keep, please keep sending them along. Cause like we are only so creative. <laughs> well, I think not- also like we both have time constraints. We do, but it's also like, there's a lot like for us when we don't have anyone in our head, we have to like completely think about who, you know, we have to like come up with something. It's, you know, there's only so much you can type into Google if you don't have anyone in mind. So yeah, mm-hmm. we just love it. Um, do you want to do our happy harlots? I do. You want to go first? Yeah, mine's incredibly inappropriate though, but it's so funny. I was dying of laughter. Okay. Well, so okay. my happy harlot is so my mother-in-law decorates her house like it was J.C. Penney's from like 10 years ago. <laughs> so it's like really fun and super Christmassy. My mother-in-law's Filipino, so of course she does Christmas like huge. But she changes, she puts like covers on her toilet seats. Like, you know, really? like Santa Claus. Yeah. So I went to the bathroom today there and I like, you know, the toilet seat was um, both was up. So I pulled like the, I meant to just pull the ring down, but I pulled both down and I ended up sitting on Santa's face. <laughs> <laughs> that was your and I was dying of laughter so hard that I almost peed myself and I was laughing so hard and I didn't have anybody to tell you or anyone to appreciate. You but I was in Santa golden shower. <laughs> I was just, it was just, it just made me laugh so hard today. That's all. So, oh my God. sorry, mother-in-law. I sat on <laughs> Santa's face at your house. Oh my God. Oh, he's probably been in your family for like 15 years. <laughs> I saw this shirt today that was like, don't ask me about my weight unless I'm sitting on your face. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was like, I might suffocate you, but like, yeah. yeah. And then her her like caption was, "If you die, you die." <laughs> it's so funny. And what's your happy harlot? Um, I think my happy harlot is just like Thanksgiving was last night, and I'm everyone probably knows by now. I'm kind of like a homebody. It's like this is a I know. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. We just, we had, we FaceTimed with people all day. Like you were my fourth. Well, actually you were my first and my last FaceTime, which is very appropriate. But like we FaceTimed with people. We had like Friendsgiving with Matt's friends from the Navy. And then we had like Friendsgiving with my family. And then like I talked to you and then I talked to my brother in Seattle. And it was just like cool. Cause I was like, I was great. I didn't have to leave my house. I drank a ton of wine spritzers and I made our first vegan Thanksgiving. I didn't do any like tofurkey or anything. I just did sides because sides are the best part anyway. Totally. But it turned out really well. It was really fun. And I just like, I was just so happy. Like there's so much shit going on in the world. I was just so, so happy to have You were like, remember I said the keyword for 2020, like to try to find like, you know, some positivity around you and in your home. It's cozy. It is like, cozy. The word for 2020 is like, you want your home to be cozy. You want your life to be cozy. You want. I have to go get so many more lights because we just put our like blue lights up. But I just, I just was really happy like that we could have food and we could be warm. And like, I just know that there's a lot of people who don't have that. And I just, I just mm-hmm. felt so, so lucky to be able to like eat and just be with, you know, the love of my life and have friends that didn't have to come into our house. They could see. Right. You didn't have to like manic clean or anything. Nope. I didn't even clean my toilet yesterday. See, there you go. Yeah. It's real, real dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so okay. nice, Emily. That made me so happy. Yeah. Well, I'm happy too. Thanks Bye. everyone for listening. Yes. Thank you. And um, go check out our Patreon tomorrow. Um, lots of options for you. Also, don't 
at all feel pressured. Yeah, don't feel pressured at all. Like, we will always have free stuff. We're, um, we're broke, too. We couldn't afford to pay for our own Patreon. Yeah, we wouldn't support ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, we're if you, crying if we right would, now. Yes, we would. We love ourselves. Um, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. I mean, go check it out, but don't feel like you need to. Um, and we love you all either way, because we get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, well... Bye. Bye. Hi, Harlots. We just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to Harlots of History. If you like what you heard today, please go and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep bringing you more salacious, scandalous Harlots. Our music is Nia Proxis, Frank Riddick by Lloyd Rogers from freemusicarchive.com. And our cover art and editing is by us. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> we love suggestions, tips, tricks, or just salacious details you think are interesting. So please reach out to us on Instagram at Harlots of History Podcast or on Twitter at History Harlots or email us at Harlots of History Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, be a harlot, not a hater. Bye! Bye.